Welcome to Roots Ruck Riot, the grassroots rugby podcast with me, Ian Harries. For episode two, we are heading to West London and the banks of the Thames as we talk to Gabs Lowe, the director of sport at Chiswick Rugby. Chiswick Rugby play out of Duke's Meadows, which is a short walk from Chiswick Station and just over the river from Barnes Bridge. They are home to a wide-ranging mini and junior sections that will take you all the way from under sixes to under 16s, but today we are mainly talking about the three senior men's teams, Thursday night pizza budgets and full contact paddle tennis. It's a good episode, you guys are going to enjoy it. And without further ado, let's let's get stuck in. So this week we are joined by Gabs Lowe, Director of Sport for now Chiswick Rugby. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. So obviously this is our first season, so it's going to be a season of firsts. So you guys are the first club I have actually played against, which I think requires various rounds of applause and acclaim. I can't remember who won. And I don't know if I'm being diplomatic about that. How long ago was this? Are we talking? This would have been 2017, maybe. 2017. Okay. So still grass pitch still? Still grass pitch. Yeah. Still grass pitch. Okay. Yeah. A nice grass pitch. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was actually, it was a good track. It was, to be fair to it, it was, um, it never flooded. It was, um, it was well looked after. Which is a surprise given that it is literally like, basically on the banks of the Thames. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on Duke's Meadows, yeah. Yeah, all all, all I knew about uh, you guys before I made the drive down to play was how close you guys were to the Taskmaster house. That is my entire awareness. <laughs> so I, I only heard this recently, yeah. So, I, and again, you see it on Google Maps now and it's actually saying Taskmaster yeah. house. I'm like, oh, well, okay. But yeah, no, there's lots going on around there. Yeah, there's a good little pitch and putt as well, if you uh, if you like your golf. <laughs> a very tidy nine. So we got Taskmaster Golf Rugby. That's all, yeah. all anyone could possibly need oh, in, yeah. uh, on the Thames. <laughs> so before we start, how long have you been playing rugby for? Good question. Um, so I am now 34 years of age. I think I started playing rugby, ooh, five, five years old, six years old. So a, a good old stint, as long as, you know, as soon as I could kind of pick up a ball and run, I was I was playing, you know, down at mini rugby. My dad was in the army, so we moved around a lot, but we always kind of found kind of suitable clubs to play at. It was, you know, obviously the minis and juniors played abroad as well in Abu Dhabi. That was that was quite interesting in the sand. Oh wow. That was that was an experience when I was seven years old. But um yeah, a long, long time. And from from the deserts of uh, Abu Dhabi to Chiswick. So what kind of brought you to Chiswick Rugby? Like what what about it made you want to kind of play there? So I joined Chiswick uh, in 2011, I think it was, 2011 season. I, I previously played in the Colts for Roslyn Park. Yeah. Which I think most people would have heard of Roslyn Park in the UK. It's all its history. And actually the, the, the Colts coaches took on the role as uh, the first 15 coaches at Chiswick. So it was quite a simple, you know, would you like to play some first 15 rugby for Chiswick? You know, it's a great little club. Uh, There's three teams. It's got a kind of cozy little clubhouse with a little bar. And it's, you know, it's it's a bit of a laugh. And like, yeah, from from that day, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, I went down that Tuesday or went down that Thursday with the dodgy floodlights on a kind of <laughs> boggy track back in the day. And uh, absolutely loved it. You know, it was my first, I suppose it was my first real introduction to proper men's club rugby yeah. where, you know, you're not 
you know, I, I played a pretty decent level at school, but, you know, school is school rugby compared to kind of men's rugby is just, it's just so different. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's not even about the, the, the kind of skill levels. It's just about the kind of the size of the guys and the strength of the guys. And, you know, I'm not talking yeah. about just gym monkeys either. You, you're talking about like men's strength. And, you know, so I, I'll, I'll come in and my, in my white boots thinking I can spin off my left and my right. And then some big kind of angry lawyer in the, in the week <laughs> who just wants to smash people in the, in the weekend comes in and just runs into you. And it's, it was, it was a real life, you know, but everyone's just so friendly, so welcoming. And I just fell in love with the place straight away. Yeah. I, I think the, I think the jump up from school rugby to, I don't want to say real rugby. That sounds wildly offensive. But yeah. I, I, get, I, you, I can't compare. Adults, adults rugby. I yeah. think it's, it's the difference between size and technique, right? It's, I, I, I've played against a couple of props who were clearly very, very good at school because they were massive at school and didn't ever have to actually learn how to scrummage properly because they were twice the size of anybody else they were kind of coming up against. Yeah. And I think as soon as you hit men's rugby, it's like, oh, you guys know what you're doing and this is terrifying. Yeah, it's, fine. it's a weird. Props is a funny one because, again, at our school, like, we didn't necessarily have big, big, props you know wide solid blokes they were mobile and obviously they were chunkier than kind of the average forward or the average boy but you it's funny we get a lot of these let's say you know in inverted commas schoolboy props they come down yeah and they just realize hang on i can't scrum anymore because <laughs> i'm you know i'm scrumming against monsters and lots of them you know <laughs> if they went to a kind of a decent school they you know they they go in back row they go into the centers they go on the wing it's um it's quite interesting yeah very rarely you get a prop from school well from my experience anyway you get these props from school who then actually want to continue propping in men's club rugby proper oh, pro- 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 yeah. front front row is just that that's rugby for me that, that's all i live for so oh, are you a front row i'm i i am a, a hooker by night uh, i mean <laughs> you guys are like gold dust honestly pictures and props gold dust uh, it's it's my uh I, I really enjoy playing prop, but my back doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I think it's going to have to be hooker for now. So you you went from playing for Chiswick to director of sport, which very fancy title. I, I, could, I could respect that. So what does that actually kind of entail? So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I quit or I didn't quit. I was essentially forced to retire. So I... I um. I ruptured my ACL, MCL and PCL last October. I kind of went through obviously the surgery and the rehab and kind of I was I was in a little bit of a limbo kind of, I, I, you know, was I going to continue to play? You know, there are lots of kind of thoughts going through my head. I just had a baby as well. So I was a little bit kind of confused what I wanted to do. I knew all I wanted, all I knew that I wanted to do was kind of at least stay associated with Chiswick Rugby. Uh, so Chiswick is very much going through a real refurb at the moment with the old chairman stepping down it's kind of opened quite a few doors to essentially starting again yeah uh which you know which is all positive and it's it, the, the director of sport role was essentially made up I and mean, obviously there are director of sports for other clubs but it was made up for the first time at Chiswick rugby and i was asked by the now commercial director and the managing director um i was i was club captain previously so i i kind of knew the the way of the land at Chiswick, I knew how it worked, um, you know, from the playing perspective. 
and yeah they they offered it me of it offered it to me they kind of were curious of what my ideas were and it's just kind of snowballed now um that was that was back in august you know when i took the role and i've i've just got so many ideas and chiswick has got such a good like you said you know you canvas to, to work with it's there's so much so many opportunities we can do with the club both on the playing side but also kind of the, the facilities and the actual clubhouse setup uh we've we've obviously got the um agp yeah uh, so one of those um sorry artificial grass pitches which is one of those rugby 365s uh which actually uh, uh, we were told was the busiest in the UK. Okay, I don't know where that fact came from, but this is this is what I've been told. I mean, if we say if we say it confidently, it's true. That that that's how statements like that works. Yeah, I know. I, I said that to you uh, hastily, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's the busiest it's the busiest rugby three six five pitch in the UK, meaning that it's used kind of all week round. So you know, Chiswick will take dibs on it on a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, and a Saturday and Sunday for the juniors and minis. But that means Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, you know, other parts of the days and the weekend is being rented out to the likes of, you know, schools, other rugby clubs, universities, other sports. I mean, we on, on a Thursday night, um, I think it starts in about February, you get some Gaelic footballers on there, which is quite amusing. Oh, wow. So they're all, you know, they're queuing up as we come off they come on so yeah it's used it's used a hell of a lot and what you know straight away we're thinking you know we should be benefiting from this by enhancing our facilities as well so not just the pitch you know the clubhouse you know get let's get additional changing rooms let's let's make it quite a kind of sexy environment so that people want to stick around for a beer and um you know have a bit of a social there so what's the um i've never actually played on a artificial pitch or like a I've played on the awful, awful AstroTurf ones where you get the little black beads that I still find, and I haven't played on one in about six, seven years. The black rubber crumb. That's, no, that's that. That is yeah. the same as the artificial grass pitch. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the difference between four G and artificial grass pitch. To be fair, but I think they're pretty, pretty similar. But yeah, we have. So it's 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 a pretty long blade of artificial grass, yeah. and it's got layered with this kind of black rubber crumb stuff which yeah. like you say gets in your boots that's gets in your ears gets in your hair it's <laughs> i mean let's say i'm not complaining because it's it's better than mud on a on a wet windy that tuesday was, and thursday that, that was going to be my point like the the ones i've played on it just feels like you're playing on like an old school like you know secondary school pe hall kind of floor yeah. it's just a bit crummy so it it just feels like you're playing on mud basically just without the actual dirt <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to explain. I mean, it's got there's a real love hate relationship with it, not just from me, just from you know lots of players out there. I know some players almost refuse to play on it. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely got its pros. With you know, like I mentioned, you know, the the, the training on a really wet, windy Tuesday, you're not going to get cakes in mud, and you know, have to wash your kit. You're, you're, <laughs> you're going to get a little bit wet, but um, it keeps you pretty clean, and I think that's quite. A, appealing to lots of players these days just means you, you know you're not having to shower at the club and and stuff you can you can essentially take yeah. off as soon as you're done like you say i think there's a lot of it's not the same as it was back in the day right i think it's a whole kind of different beast now but... no and i've yeah I've, I've witnessed both i i suppose like like we talked about earlier i i um and we did have a good grass pitch the first pitch was very good it was it was relatively high up it was 
it was built on rubble. I don't know how I know that, but it was built on rubble, <laughs> so it flooded really well. Yeah. And we did get some floodlights in, so it did mean that, you know, we could play in the uh, in the evening. But, yeah, it's, I, that's, I suppose that's another positive with the with this new 365, it's, it, it looks very slick, you know, at, yeah. at night time, you know, and the floodlit, it's, it's all clean, you know, the pitch is immaculate. And yeah, you just naturally look good under floodlights, don't you? Oh yeah, but every for sure. rugby every rugby player looks better under floodlights. Every, everyone dreams of the floodlit game, but yeah. I, I get I guess it's also like from from kind of a wider club perspective as well. I mean, speaking for where we play, I don't think we could use that pitch for multi sport events. <laughs> it's it's some sometimes you can barely play rugby on it. You've uh. Obviously, facilities and things have been updated recently. Um, in terms of kind of the actual rugby club and what you're kind of doing as director of sport, kind of what's happening, kind of what's your your main focus with kind of the club moving forward? Yeah, so as I said, I'm coming from a playing perspective and having only just kind of been appointed this director of sport, I've, obviously we've got three fantastic coaches um, and I, I, I do mean that I'm not just sucking up on a podcast. They're they're very good. They're they're an excellent team. Um, the three senior coaches, what they've done in the last two years of kind of turning around a training session where we were struggling for about twenty on a good day or twenty five on a good day, we're now getting forty regularly on oh, wow. a Tuesday and a Thursday. And again, naturally, that 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 does just snowball when you. My my kind of opinion on kind of grassroots rugby and you know how good the team is or not how good a team is but in terms of numbers playing numbers it's, a lot of it is just down to luck right yeah you know you could get five guys who are all good mates who just think you know they've got they've either just moved to london and maybe you know being in london is a huge um huge perk we're, we're fortunate to be in west london and have a easy train access but it does mean that you know like i say five guys just moved to london they want to join a rugby club they do a bit of googling. Uh, they find Chiswick. You know, we've got a we've got a good social media page. The website's up to date. You know, we've got an AGP pitch. It's like okay, let's let's join that. And then they tell a couple of mates, so they come down. And as I say, it just snowballs. And I think definitely this season we got really lucky with that. We and we were desperate, desperately, we desperately needed it. We we needed a kind of a fresh set of new faces. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we've 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 got that. And and what the coaches again, once they come down once or once they come down twice, they meet the coaches, they see our facilities, they meet the other guys. It's it's kind of like me back in 2011. It, it's quite an easy decision to 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 want to stick around. So yeah, the co- the coaches again, the, the 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 actual playing side and the selection. Um, I've I've very much certainly for this first year, and I, I think. You know, until uh, until told otherwise, I I'm I'm going to let the coaches get on yeah. with the the playing side. I, what, what I'm really focusing on, certainly for my kind of phase one of uh, director of sport, is just the development of, like I mentioned, the the actual clubhouse, um, and just making the the players who do come down. I'm just it's just it's just giving them a, a kind of a good time off the field as well. Yeah. How can I say it? Yeah, it's, it's just like little perks. So one, one just as an example, I've um, I've organised pizzas on Thursday night after training. You know, just something to, to to encourage the players to stick around, stay at the bar, kind of get to know each other a bit better. You know, socialise. When, when pizzas are on, what is the split between forwards hanging around? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm guessing that is the set piece day. 
It's an excellent question, to be fair. Yeah, Thursday. I mean, yeah, since since introducing the uh, the pizzas on a Thursday night after training, training's you know it spikes in terms of people coming down. You've got oh, hang on a minute, you've not seen you in about two years. All of a sudden, you're coming down. It's probably for a couple of slices of pizza. But yeah, it's no. At the moment, I'm doing it one pizza, one pizza between two, because. Again, yeah, the, the club is funding it. Like, I suppose we can't blow all our budget on on pizza on a Thursday <laughs> the, night. The, the Thursday night pizza budget is uh, yeah. I think but then again, you know, it's kind of without. I, I, don't, I don't want to seem like we're kind of just trying to grab money, but you know, that, that, the idea as well is you get guys down. We offer them free pizzas, but they end up buying a couple of pints behind the bar. Yeah. So it kind of you know, it's just a it's just a cycle really, and it and it just works really well. And you know, it's it's there's a local pizza place in Barnes who I just kind of spoke to you saying that we'd like to do a partnership with you. We'll we'll put your brand and logo on one of our advertising boards because again, that pitch yeah we yeah. sell set you know busiest pitch in the UK. You know why not have your pizza you know across the river advertised. And yeah, again, it's just it's small things like that, really, that I'm kind of working on at the moment because the rugby's taking care of itself. I suppose now that we are getting good numbers, I'm now trying to introduce the third team again. So we we kind of after COVID, I think like lots of grassroots rugby teams, they were losing their threes, they were losing their twos, yeah. uh, just because I guess people weren't interested, and it was just trying to encourage players to come back to the the club and. Yeah, playing rugby again. I think I think from kind of experience with uh, Ickenham and with some other clubs I've spoken to as well, it was people discovering what life was like when you aren't training and playing rugby every week. Yeah, it's. I think I think it took it. We definitely lost, or I've heard people just right. I got to I got to have <laughs> spontaneous plans again without planning it yeah. around. Kind Thursday of night beers. Thursday night beers and yeah, it's it's all that stuff. And yeah, it's it's taken quite a long time, literally up, up until this season, to really start. And kind, of, I don't know if it's just because again we we got lucky and we got a you know we got a large group of new players down and they stuck around, but it's it's been tricky to encourage lure the people who were there yeah. to come back. But yeah, we're now out at that stage, fortunately. And again, it's because we've got the because we've got the new kind of generation new flock of players in and they're the old players who weren't on the fence on whether they did want to play you know they're seeing that Chiswick are doing well you know lots of things are changing in the clubhouse they are slowly gradually kind of migrating back to the club as well so it's 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 working really well yeah and it's yeah I'm, I'm getting a kind of real buzz of just getting I mean we, we're now kind of leveled it or aligned it up rather so that we've got our first team second team and third team all playing at home oh nice and again that help that helps with things like socials as well so you know the the, the seconds and thirds will play on the kind of 12 30 slots they finish have a couple of beers at the clubhouse they can then watch the first team and the first team are done and then yeah we can we can get kind of that that clubhouse buzzing again which is really what I'm I'm trying to achieve here. Certainly for my phase one. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think like you said, I think it's the there are generally I think two types of people playing rugby, right? There's people who are playing rugby because they want to do something with it, right? They're the ones taking it very very seriously. And then there's yeah. the ones who do want to have a beer afterwards and are there for again, pizza after training and just to 
you know, kind of enjoy the stuff around it as well, right? I think yeah, it's a club. I mean, I I, I always, I always kind of these days as well. You've got so many of these kind of social clubs, um, you know, swanky clubs and stuff. And I'm, I'm almost selling Chizit like that now. I'm like, look, you guys have paid your membership. I want you to use it like it's a, a, you know, a swanky club. Obviously, we're it's never going to be as sexy as your your Soho farmhouses, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, utilize it. We've got we've got facilities, we've got cheaper heights than London, and you've got a bunch of mates as well who who you, you see week in, week out. So, you know, why not just hang around and and kind of enjoy each other's company at the club? And as I say, the the, the kind of more revenue and the better we do, the the more things we can introduce into the club as well. And I suppose that I mean, I, that kind of leads on to uh, the reason why I'm director of sport and not director of rugby, because what we're really trying to achieve with 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 Chiswick and the, the land that we've got, we, we've got real pipe dreams of expanding it. So it's not just rugby. Oh, yeah. You know, we want to get we like the idea of introducing paddle tennis courts and a netball court and, you know, other sports like that, which you could potentially fit into the um fit into the land and then use that rugby clubhouse as a as a sports hub yeah and you know i'm not saying we, we want to lose the kind of rugby club values because again it's you want that old school kind of brickwork of a of a kind of of a pub of a, or a bar rather which we've got but again you've you've got the potential to also just expand that make it larger and and allow kind of more members of the public not just part of the rugby club but members of the public to use the facilities as well well then i guess that that's that's then a, a cycle right it's the more people coming to the clubhouse the more likely it is that one of them might play rugby or know someone yeah. who wants to play rugby sees it's a great atmosphere and then brings people down yeah absolutely if you if you could introduce any sport what sport would it be Honestly, I, I mentioned it already. I'd say paddle tennis. I think I think Pat, there's a bit of a market at the moment for paddle tennis. It's when um, I'm saying this, like, oh yeah, we'll just build a couple of paddle <laughs> tennis courts. But you know, I like the idea that it's not you, you don't need that much space. Yeah, there aren't. There, it's just a sociable sport as well, right? It's it's um, it's it's a bit of fun. You can get you can play it for an hour with a with a couple of mates um, and then have a few beers afterwards. It's not, I wouldn't say it's particularly, you know, stressful on the, you know, physically. So it's, you don't, it's just, it's just something that it's just an extra dimension. I think that you could just add and, you know, it's not necessarily for the players. I'm saying this should be, you go on Google maps, like you say, where where you see your, your golf club, you see the rugby pitches. You also see a couple of paddle tennis courts and you, you, you book it that way and um again you you kind of use the the chiswick rugby club facilities afterwards if you need to yeah that, that yeah that makes a lot of sense get everyone playing uh paddle tennis in the off season yeah, <laughs> yeah why not yeah a bit of pre-season paddle, paddle tennis yeah yeah we could we could tr- i don't know what a full contact version of it would look like but we could try and try and develop <laughs> yeah, something invent a new game invent a new yeah the physical paddle tennis yeah i like that that's it but the birth <laughs> birthplace in chiswick is what everyone kind yeah. of wants <laughs> so i mean i i was going to ask a question about so when i was doing some research before this i saw the phrase uh west london's friendliest rugby club and i was going to ask about that and then you talked about 
the atmosphere there, everyone's a group of friends, there's pizza on Thursdays. And I think that kind of answers itself. But is that something you guys try to achieve or is it just something that's kind of naturally happened uh, with Chiswick? I think, yeah, I think it's just natural, right? Um, and I think probably most rugby clubs will argue they're the friendliest rugby club or, you know, the London rugby clubs are the friendliest clubs in, in London. Um, but, you know, I, I will 100% vouch for, for Chiswick. I... You know, not only did I join in 2011, I then actually got a job through playing rugby at Chiswick. Oh, nice! Which I which I'm still working today. So my actual job. So I'm not not just director of sport. I'm I, I work in software as a consultant, and again, that came through playing rugby at Chiswick, yeah. where you know a fellow fellow player knew that I was struggling to find work. He obviously took a bit of a gamble, but also knew. You knew my personality, and you know knew what what I was like as a guy. And he said, "Look, why don't you why don't you come and work in my small office that I've just started up in Hammersmith?" And that was that was 2011. So that was a long time ago, and I've I've kind of stuck with it, and kind of owe him a lot really for for helping me out and get a job. And I'm I'm not the only case as well. I know lots of lots of other people as well at Chiswick got jobs through coming down to the club always knew that this guy was looking for a job looking for work you know oh you should you can join my company oh i know someone who's looking same, same with same with housing you know there's there's you know girlfriends god like girlfriends bring their mates down <laughs> you know they meet one of the boys yeah it's just it's just kind of forever you know never ending rather and yeah it was just again I, what i really liked at chiswick and we've kind of stopped doing it now um but when I first joined, I loved the fact that behind the bar, we've, we've got more staff now, so it's not needed. But behind the bar every week, a different position would have to do a shift behind the bar. So, you know, <laughs> it'd be like, right, the, the, the scrum halves are on this week. And again, no real experience, but obviously a bit of trust, a little bit of till training. And it was like, off you go. And you, you did a session after, after playing your game. At your home game you'd, you'd 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 be behind the bar and pull points and it was just again it's just a kind of great uh, excuse to kind of stick around learn a new skill if you hadn't done, had it before um and it just made it really sociable and kind of warming that the club trusted you in doing something like that yeah i mean i'm not sure i would trust scrum halves behind a bar to be fair <laughs> Like if if you had to rank the positions for who I would trust behind a bar, scrum halves are definitely towards the bar. Yeah, we're seeing over the bar as well for the scrum half. <laughs> so before uh, to talk as if we're uh, behind a bar, before we call time, there are two questions uh, we ask everyone. So first of all, what would your message be to any future players looking to play for Chiswick? I would say anyone is welcome. I think with with a sport like rugby, it comes with all shapes and sizes. Um, I know that's the um, stereotypical answer, but honestly, it's it's a sport that you can pick up relatively quickly as long as you're a little bit brave and willing to give it a go. You know, with lots of these clubs, like we've already talked about, you've got so many people who are willing to kind of help each other, and that's not just off the pitch. You know, on the pitch as well, there'll always be another player who will take the time to you know yeah you know if you need to practice your spin pass or tackling or kicking whatever it is will, you know certainly Chiswick will always there will always be someone to kind of make time to, to help you out I, I think that all shapes it's a cliche for a reason right it's just yeah. it is 
it's it's the the go-to phrase but i think it is just true and we do i mean even even this season i think we've had we've had at least three guys who kind of they email in first of all so i get the email saying i'm new to rugby or i, I get a lot of um i've not played rugby since school i'm now 32 or something and i'm like look does not matter you, the fact i mean i'd like to think lots of them have watched rugby beforehand because that <laughs> certainly is at least a bit of a head start but you know even if you haven't no problem I, I will never i would never say nah not for you mate i would always say come down give it a go meet the coaches meet the lads and and get stuck in um like i say that a little bit of bravery is needed just to because you will be thrown in the deep end because i think that's the that's the best way to learn but once you're there i'm i'm pretty sure you know you'll get the bug straight away no, definitely definitely and uh final question so which professional rugby player active or not would you like to join Chiswick rugby anton dupont i mean anton dupont i mean go to answer but yeah it usually Jesus, sorry is that too <laughs> i mean it's it's uh world rugby player of the year you can't you can't not pick him it's on, a... let me think. I'll, I'll bring him though to actually play and then for the piss i'd go someone like jason leonard oh that's a shout yeah yeah he, he actually came down a few years ago because we started introducing this 100 caps um which is great you know you get 100 caps the first team you get an actual physical cap oh, with 100 wow. caps on it and the first time we introduced it there was about 30 odd blokes who were awarded it and we brought Jason Leonard down and the boy can drink and you know he's got some tails he was good he was he was very good value actually nice nice um so yeah him down for the kind of club social for sure I think that makes sense and as we round off thank you Gabslow and thank you Chiswick Rugby for coming on thank you Ian cheers mate thank you for listening to this episode and thank you to Gabslow and Chiswick Rugby for being a part of if you want to learn more about Chiswick Rugby, you can find them on Instagram at ChiswickRFC or at www.chiswickrugby.co.uk. Their Thursday night pizza provider is Baseface Pizza in Barnes, which weirdly, after recording this episode, has constantly popped up on various social medias for me, which I can only think of as a summer. And I seriously can't stress enough, the gate at the top of Dan Mason Drive, the road that takes you down to the Chiswick Clubhouse, is the Taskmaster House. And even though it was a couple of years ago now, the last time I played against Chiswick Rugby, I very nearly pulled the car over to quickly look over the fence, but then I realised that's kind of late. But saying that, if we play Chiswick Rugby again, I will be doing Roots Rock Riot was brought to you in association with Ickenham Rugby Club and is a podcast nobody asked for. You can find us on Instagram at Roots Rock Riot. And if you want your club involved, then please drop us a message there or email us at rootsrockriotpodcast at gmail.com. We don't care the size of your club. We don't care where you guys are based. All we care about is that you want to talk about rugby. Next week, we are staying in London, but we're heading east as we are talking to the world's first gay-inclusive rugby club, the King's Cross Steelers. Yeah.